When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is August 31st, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Before we get into today's show, it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest. Say that three times fast. And the world's largest, the world's largest. $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at our good friends over at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Not a 50% welcome bonus. 100%. 100%. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo and make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. So use that promo code NFL100. So even if you lose, your wager will be refunded. Go do that now. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Go visit our friends at betonline.ag. Without further ado, here is me answering some of your listener questions. And welcome into the Bruins beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and there's no Connor Ryan this week. I Looking to my left, looking to my right, looking at the computer screen, no Connor. Connor has left me on my own. He is out looking at rocks in Utah. He is, he's abandoned us. You should feel, we should feel ashamed. No, anyways, Connor's having a great time out in Utah. And I haven't done a solo show since I think I was in quarantine. The last time I did it, and that was before last season even started. So maybe it was time I do a solo show and answering listener questions. I always enjoy getting listener questions. I was very excited to do this. Obviously, very excited to talk to Connor. But sometimes when I can just sit here and answer some of you guys' questions, I, I enjoy it. It's a little different, you know, spices things up a bit. And some of these questions were good, some were funny. It was a nice mix. Uh, because I put out on Sunday afternoon, I put out on Sunday that uh I wasn't gonna be alone and I needed some questions and uh you, the listeners, as always, came up big with some really good ones. Um, and so we'll dive right in. 
we'll dive right in and we'll just kind of talk and we'll just have a good time. Just us two, you know, just me and you, the listener. It'll be very fun. Um, so just to uh, some of the first uh, replies I got, Petrov McGuire, do you like rocks? Yes. On occasion, yes. I would say uh, I'm, a, I'm a rocks guy. A lot of these questions had to do with you know, Derek Brunette asked, do you think he'll bring you home a nice rock? I would hope he doesn't live that far from me. I would hope he brings me back a very nice rock. Uh, that would be great for the show. That would do very well on Twitter. Everybody would love that. It'd be like a crossover episode <laughs> involving a rock. What's <laughs> not to love? Um, so that might be fun. Hopefully he does. I, I'm not going to say anything, though. I don't want to tell him to bring me home a rock because I don't want to seem pushy. You know, you never want to tell someone to get you a gift. That's kind of, you know, then he's like, well, why would I get him a rock? So hopefully maybe he brings me home a rock. What, next time he's on, which I think will be Wednesday. I don't know if he's going to be back then yet um, for poke the bear. But when he's back, I'm going to surprise him and say, did you get me a rock? Or maybe he'll bring it up. Maybe I shouldn't even bring it up. Maybe I should let him just kind of initiate it. You know, maybe that, that might work better. You people watching who don't know Connor and I are like, man, this kid, Evan, what is he talking about? Um, but yes, he is out in, by the way, I don't know if you guys follow Connor on Instagram. I know you've seen a lot of the pictures on Twitter. Uh, amazing pictures from Utah. That is a trip I 100% would also like to take in the future. And I have a friend out in Utah now, actually. So I've been talking to him about going out, uh, sometime soon. Uh, a lot of these were rocks, rocks, memes, walrus 73 has a meme of a kid from Halloween saying, I got a rock. Um, okay. Let's get into some real questions, some real Bruins questions. Uh, Kevin O'Keefe said, I like you, uh, or I like you. I'm a firm believer of pasta and hall in the second line being a great way to address depth scoring on this team. If it becomes an issue this season, my question is, what would your ideal lineup look like to get the best out of each player production wise? Uh, yes, I have said this in the past. I think if you really want to get even more depth scoring, I think you do want, uh, Dave, maybe, maybe want to try David Poshnok on that second line with, uh, I almost said David Krejci with Charlie Coyle and Taylor Hall. I don't think that's how it's going to start. I, I should, I know that's not how it's going to start. Um, and, but to, to, optimize every player. I don't think it's far off from the lineup you'll see opening night. Um, again, I think it would probably be a little bit better for Charlie Coyle if he had David Pasternak on his right side. I mean, I think that's safe to say for anybody. Anybody would be better with David Pasternak on their right side. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think that, I, I, you know, I think, again, the first line is is your your scoring line. That's your heavy hitter line. You know, Marshan, Bergeron, Pasternak. Um, and then the second line you know, I think having Taylor Hall next to Charlie Coyle is going to help a lot. Uh, and then Craig Smith was very good on that second line last year. I'm interested to see how he plays this year because he he didn't start too hot last year, if people remember, but he was on a heater the second half of the season. So I am interested to see how he sort of fits in with that second line. The third and fourth lines, I think, sort of get it gets very interesting. They're deeper this year than they were in the past. That's why I think, you know, as much as the Bruins are missing Krejci, as, you know, that's a huge loss. You can't replace a guy like David Krejci. I do think that they're deeper and that's what hurt them in past years was their a lot of times their depth scoring wasn't there when their top line scoring uh also wasn't there. So again, I think a third line of Halla in the middle and DeBrusque on the left, hopefully a revitalized DeBrusque and Nick Felino on the right. I actually don't think that's bad. You know, you never it's tough it's 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 hard to put wingers on their offside. Um, and I know Felino kind of expects to play everywhere and do expect him to play everywhere, uh, whether that's second line center at some point, whether that's third line center. Uh, obviously guys get injured. So you're going to see him in a lot of different places. Maybe he's net front on the power play. Uh, so I think to that third line is optimized enough. And then the fourth line, I think it's wh- whoever's best coming out of camp, you know, 
Um, I think Nosek is going to be the one centering that line. They just paid Trent Frederick a new contract, so you have to expect him to be on there somewhere. Uh, just Chris Wagner go on the right side. Uh, you know, I think Curtis Lazar is probably the favorite. I think we said it on last Bruins beat. Connor and I both did that the fourth line, the ideal fourth line would be Frederick, uh, Nosek and, and Curtis Lazar. That, that's great. Uh, but I do expect that to change as the season goes along. Um, I do love Curtis Lazar's play and I think he, sh- he's out of that fourth line, probably going to be, uh, definitely a mainstay to start. So for me, that fourth line is as good as it gets right now. But again, you're going to have Chris Wagner who's making good money fighting to get on that line. They're going to want to have him getting playing time. So he's another one. Again, that fourth line is going to be changing all the time. Um, and then on D, I think Grizzlick and McAvoy is the way to go with that first pairing. I do. Um, and I think Mike Riley and Brandon Carlos, the right pair to go on the second pairing and then Forbert and Clifton on the third pairing. But again, I think you're going to see Forbert with, with McAvoy to start. Um, and they're going to see how that goes. I'm interested to see how it goes. But I, again, I think if, you, if we're talking, you know, Kevin, as you said, your ideal lineup to get the best out of each player production wise, it's girls like McAvoy. Like every stat proves that. <laughs> and that's not even like debatable at this point. So I think those two, um, would be the most ideal first pairing. But again, I'm in full support of putting forward with McAvoy in late game D zone draws, um, obviously penalty kills, you know, just defensively important moments. You would put those two on the ice together. Um, and that would be fine. And then in net, I guess we'll go with, you're not really putting them on, you know, putting them on a line, but I think playing them equally helps both. Cause again, Swayman's going to play a lot more than he did last year, no matter what. And a guy like Lena Solmark, you're going to get what you put into him money-wise. So I think they're going to split time. I don't think that's going to be like a defined starter or not. Obviously whoever starts game one, will all be like, Ooh, that's the starter. But I guarantee you that it's probably going to be very split uh, throughout the season. Ty Anderson straight up said, no, no questions from Ty. Nope. No questions. Nope. Didn't offer up a question. Didn't even text one on the side. Would have been so interested to hear a question from him for this show. Um, Reese meant to please good friend of mine from home says, when will you tell Jack Eichel it's time to come to Boston? I don't think you need me to tell him, tell him that. And by the way, I think there was a uh, tweet, a tweet from uh, a reporter up in Montreal. I think that he was headed to Montreal or they saw him on a plane to Montreal. There's some camp up there though, but obviously everyone lost their mind. I mean, Jack Eichel could like go to a Dunkin' Donuts and everyone's like, Oh, 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 see, and Twitter would blow up over it and automatically he'd be coming to the Bruins. So I, yeah, I mean, everything Jack Eichel does for the next, whenever, until he's traded is going to be a sign. You know, if he, if he's seen eating an in and out burger, Oh, he's going to the Kings. He's going to the LA Kings. So, uh, when will I tell Jack Eichel time to come to Boston? Sarah Underwood on Fox 25 actually did that. <laughs> just straight up did it. Felger's wife just, yep. Come to Boston. Um, and so. I guess she kind of took the place of the media there to tell him to come here. So uh, we will see with that. Uh, Rob asked a very interesting question at Jeremy Lozon with two N's on Twitter. What are your expectations for Jack Stadnika this coming year? It's a great question. And Stadnika is a guy who's getting overlooked a ton um, and kind of for good reason, just given the fact that in past years, you know, every year we expect him to, to uh, kind of break out and every year it, doesn't really happen. Uh, and last year was kind of that peak year of like, he was starting in the top six. Uh, I remember in the bubble, he was really good uh, up on, I think he was with Krejci, uh, if I remember right. feels like 10 years ago now, but um, I think he was with Krejci and, it, and, and he was good. Like, and, and Kasha was with Krejci as well back then. And it was good. Um, so 
I don't know. Like that's the thing. And again, the, the reports out of Foxborough where he trains is that he's gained a bunch of muscle and he's all this, but I don't know. I, and I think the, the, the thing with Stanika that I think a lot of people are now realizing is Stanika got hyped up a ton in his time as a Bruins prospect, you know, Stanika is the next thing. Stanika is the next thing. Um, you know, he's going to be the future down the middle. And I think that partially came because there wasn't a lot of other talent with him. There wasn't. If you remember back then, I mean, who were the other big prospects? There really weren't a lot. I mean, back then it was the 2015 draft guys like Zaboral and, and Seneshin, who every year we were waiting for it kind of break out. It never happened. It still hasn't happened. It won't happen. Um, and this year, it just looks like a log jam. Again, I mean, you're going to have Trent Frederick playing the wing, most likely, on that fourth line. He's a center. <laughs> That's a center. Uh, Nick Foligno's a center. So, And he's going to be playing the wing, most likely, to start. Um, and Curtis Lazar is a center, and he's going to be playing the wing. So there doesn't seem to be a lot of area. And I don't think Stanika fits in with that fourth line's identity if that fourth line is as constructed. Um, and on the third line, I mean, again, guys get injured. You know, he'll get his chances. But I don't see a spot where Stanika breaks out in. You know, it's not like, oh, he's going to be the second line center. And that's the other thing. People say, well, should he be the second line center? I don't think so. You know, and I don't think it's bad to try it out. I think you might see some of it in the preseason or how, you know, maybe you'll see it at some point during the season. Um, but I think Coyle's their guy for that spot. I mean, Coyle has paid that money. <laughs> and we'll get to a question later on about center depth. And I guess I'll answer it now. Um, Joseph uh, Lapos, Laposada asked who will be the centers after Bergeron. So who will be the 2C through 4C? Um, and honestly, as I, I think I said in the open, Coyle will be the second line center. Hollow will be the third line center. Great faceoff guy. And fourth line center will most likely be Nosek. I mean, again, those two guys I just mentioned, Hollow and Nosek are free agents. They're going to get their chances. Uh, an established NHL guys. And Coyle's making, is making 525. <laughs> that's, he's, he's good. That, that's second line center money. Um, and again, if he can produce with Hall and he can produce with Smith, you know, is he going to produce on the level that David Krejci did? Absolutely not. Uh, but if you can get 45 points out of him, maybe 50, you know, young, well-paid, not injured anymore, Charlie Coyle. I think that could happen. I do. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Um, and I don't know where Stanika fits in, you know, just to go back to Stanika. I don't exactly know where he fits in. Uh, in this lineup, because they want him down the middle. That's where he's where he's best. And I don't know if there's a spot uh, open. Maybe they're waiting for Bergeron to go, but that doesn't seem right either. Like, and, and I don't think that's the right move either. And we'll get to uh, we'll get to uh, potential centers to trade for or sign later on because I know there was another question um, about that. Chad McVeigh asks, "What number will Eichel wear as a Bruin, and where should I buy his jersey?" That's a great question. Uh, but he said, "Just kidding." Do you feel the decor is better than last year? Is the division tougher than last year? And then he asked, will Sidneka break out this year? I don't think Sidneka breaks out this year. I'll answer that right off the top, as I just said. Um, but do I feel the decor is better than last year? Absolutely, yes. It is much better. Is it good enough? I I have my doubts. <laughs> I, I have my doubts about that. Um, I don't think they are as good as they should be or as good maybe to uh, come out on top in this division, which I'll get to in a second. But again, you added Forbert, who is a upgrade over Jakob Zaborl. Like that's a clear upgrade. So you're better. Uh, your left side, you know, last year was what? Grizzlick, uh, was Grizzlick. And then Mike Riley was added at the deadline. Zaborl was there to start the season. Um, back in Einan. I mean, you know, John Moore to me, absolutely 100%. 
is much better this year. Um, oh, Lozon was there last year. Obviously, he's gone now. Um, because I was like, who was that other left shot defenseman? It was a Portland play in that game or didn't play much down the stretch. Um, but on the right side, you know, you have an older, better Charlie McAvoy, uh, older, better Brandon Carlo, uh, hopefully older, better Connor Clifton, more mature. So that's your right side. And then on your left side, you know, you have Matt Grizzlick, Derek Forbert, Mike Riley, uh, in no particular order. Cause you know, again, I think it's probably going to end up slotting in Forbert, Riley, Grizzlick at least to start the season. So I don't know. I think that's a lot better than, than what you had last year, but I don't think it's good enough. I don't think it's, it's particularly good enough to compete. Uh, you know, again, they, they did get bigger though with Forbert. So they did have that. Um, is the division tougher than last year? Absolutely. Yes. I don't think that's even really close. I don't, I, I don't. Um, I think, you know, last year it wasn't a easy division because it was very, a uh, lot of middle, to high tier teams, Capitals, Penguins, uh, Islanders obviously ended up kind of getting the best of you there. <laughs> but, you know, again, I don't, I didn't, I still don't, and I know Islanders fans will hate this. I still don't put them on the level of the lightning. And it makes sense because they, they've lost to them, <laughs> I think two years in a row now. Um, but now again, you're trading that in for Toronto, which again has high expectations and is going for it and has a good young team as much as we like to make fun of them. Still a good young team, um, and they're getting more mature. The Lightning are still freaking good. The Canadians just went to the Cup. So, again, I don't know if I expect them to be nearly or have nearly as good a run as they did last year. And, again, regular season-wise, they weren't good. But they still made it to the Cup. And then you have the Panthers, who are really, really good and deep and have a lot of talent. So, you know, I think they're, you know, they made a playoff push last year. I think they're going to again this year. So a team's going to have to be kind of X'd out of that. Um, and I don't think it's going to be as easy as it was the last time this division was together, where it was like, you know, Bruins, Maple Leafs, Lightning, vying for spots at the top, and then everybody else. I think it's going to be completely different this year. Um, and I, again, I mean, the Senators shouldn't be terrible. I mean, the Sabres will be terrible, but I don't think the, the Senators are going to be horrendously bad. I don't think they're going to be good or a playoff team. The Red Wings aren't going to be good or a playoff team. But I think, again, those teams could play spoilers. So yeah, I think the division's much better. Um, I do. I think the division's better and that's not great. And again, I mean, everyone's talking about the eyes, the eyes plan up in Detroit, you know, is that a team that in the next two to three years takes a huge leap and kind of leapfrogs you with this aging core? Maybe, maybe, um, but who knows? Who knows? But yes, the division will be, uh, much tougher. Andrew Taverna, who's a huge, uh, supporter of this show and a good, uh, a good, follow on Twitter says, do you think Tuka Rask signs a vet minimum deal or does he just take a team friendly deal? Two to 3 million. Maybe I think that's what he's worth. I think he's worth around three to four after that interview with Greg Hill though. I, I have a weird feeling he's going to take a lot less than he's even worth at that point with money, not being an issue. And I think with him realizing that the Bruins don't necessarily need him, you know, again, they're, Omar is signed for a good amount of money and Jeremy Swayman is the future. You really only need two good goalies. You don't need a third. Um, and so I think he's going to do what he can to just get back on the roster and play. Um, I don't think that that's going to be a thing where he's, you know, trying to get more money. I mean, again, I think there are a ton of teams right now that would give him four and a half million dollars easily to play for them, but he, he doesn't want to. And I don't know anything about his interactions with other teams. There's been nothing reported 
on him talking with other teams. So I don't exactly know. Um, but I think there are a lot of teams out there that would easily give him, I mean, he's been arguably the most consistent goalie of the past 10 years. Yeah. I think a lot of teams would kill for that. You know, it's kind of like in, in the NFL with quarterbacks, not to cross sports here, but in the NFL with quarterbacks, people will pay, you know, tons of money over a long period of time for, you know, a top 15 quarterback just to have consistency at the position. Now, Tuka Rask is not just top 15. He's one of the best goalies in the NHL and he has been for 10 years now, but that's what a lot of teams want in net. It's just consistency. They just want a consistent presence in the net and Rask provides that at his lowest level. <laughs> so, um, I do think that he is going to take, uh, less. Is it veteran minimum? I don't know about that. That seems low, especially he's not, I mean, he's older, but not that old. Maybe around a million, maybe two. But again, and if they're doing cap gymnastics, maybe he does say, I'll take 750. You know, I could see it. I could see it. Now, the thing that I don't quite get is I did think up until that interview, I did think Rask was done in Boston. I did. I thought he was done. But after hearing that interview and them asking him about if he was going to uh, watch games this year, and he said, well, it'll be tough to watch. But if I know that I'm coming back, then I'll definitely watch. You know, if I, you know, I'll be knowing I'm coming back. He thinks he's coming back. So again, I don't know what the Bruins are going to do if they get to January, February when he's healthy again. And he said Christmas time. So we'll say January, early February, uh, for when he could come back. You know, if, if they get to that point and Swayman is kicking ass and Olmark's kicking ass, I don't know how you just say, all right, well, Swayman, you're going to go down to Providence. You know, you're going to go play in the AHL. I don't know how that works. I don't. I don't. And again, even if Rask is fresh, if those two goalies are hot, they're hot. So that's a, that, and that's something that like we can't unpack now. There's no right take right now on that situation. That was not something we will be able to accurately assess until the season gets going. We see how the goalies are playing. Um, and again, I think if, if Omark or, uh, Swayman starts to falter at any point, I think you're going to see every beat writer writing the story of when is Rask ready to come back and when can they have that signed immediately. Uh, but it, signs don't point to Olmar and Swayman struggling, but we will see. Uh, we will see. Uh, Joseph Laposte asked about the game of musical. He said that when the game of musical chairs stops, <laughs> who do you expect to be the centers from 2C to 4C? I already did answer that earlier. Um, Ethan Lacrosse asked a good question. Uh, who do you think will have a breakout year on both the main and the AHL roster? Uh, this year to me, Charlie, I think Charlie Coyle's a good, uh, pick for a breakout candidate on this, uh, NHL roster. I don't know if that's what you're looking for. If you're looking for a younger guy, it doesn't feel, I mean, maybe Trent Frederick scores some more. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I to me, it, it, it's Charlie Coyle. You know, he's, he's elevated. He's, um, you know, he is someone who now has a much bigger role. He's with better line mates. You know, there's not, really anyone to take his job. I know he said on, on, uh, WEI that he has to earn it and all that stuff. And I get it. Obviously you're not going to come out. <laughs> he's, what is Charlie Cole going to come out and be like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm the second line center. I'm the heir to David Krejci. Uh, no, but at the same time, I do think a guy like Coyle is set for a breakout year coming back from injury, healthy, um, uh, better line mates, you know, kind of a better job, a little more job security. Yeah. Found in, you know, in need of a bounce back year. So yeah, I do think he'll be the quote unquote breakout guy, um, that you'll see. Another guy's Derek Forbert, you know, does he three million is a lot for him right now? Does he live up to that? You know, I think if, if you want him to live up to it, he needs to be a really steady shutdown presence 
on that back end who you can consistently put up against other teams' top lines and have him shut them down? And can you get some, you know, what can he provide you offensively? You know, can he hold his own uh, next to Charlie McAvoy offensively? Can he, you know, get some secondary assists? Can he help in the ozone a little bit? That'll be interesting to see, you know, because again, Brandon Carlo is not very offensive, but there are times when, you know, he can provide a little bit offensively. Can Forbert kind of do the same thing? Uh, the AHL roster, the guy's Brady Lyle. Everyone loves Brady Lyle. I was not at development camp this year, uh, but everybody who was there said that he was tremendous and he was great. So that would be my, that would be my pick. It's a popular pick, but I will pick Brady Lyle uh, to be the AHL roster. Yeah. He's also, you know, they don't have a lot on the right side on defense. And that's a guy who's a right shot defenseman. And he's someone, you know, who they expect to, you know, I expect to break out, others expect to break out. So wouldn't be surprised um, to see him maybe get the the boost uh, up to up to Boston at some point and maybe break out a little bit. Um, Rebel Manaya asks, chances on Bruins trading for Dvorak or Monaghan? I prefer Monaghan. Uh, he said, I prefer Monaghan. That is Sean Monaghan and Christian Dvorak, uh, Monaghan of the Flames. Uh, Dvorak of the, uh, Coyotes, kind of an NHL team still, not really, but, but kind of an NHL team. Um, just, just, just to kind of lay the land out on this one, Sean Monahan has a cap hit of 6.375 million through 2022-23, and Christian Dvorak has a 4.45 million dollar cap hit, uh, through 2024-25. So both are signed, uh, for a while. Both have been involved in some trade rumors. Do I think the Bruins will trade for them? I don't think so. I don't. I don't. I think Dvorak would be the more realistic one. I still don't think either help you a ton. Because again, if you go out and get Monahan at that money, granted, two years ago in 1819, he had 82 points and I believe 78 games. He had a really good season. Along with that Flames team, who never did anything, by the way. That team, that team's falling apart now. That team should have been a lot better than they were. Um, but again, if you have Bergeron making his money, Monahan making 6.375, Coyle making 525. You're putting so much into center. And it's not like, you know, again, Monahan had kind of a down year last year. You know, he's middle of the road kind of center. You know, he's pretty good. He's solid. You know, you, you kind of know what you're getting out of him. Would he be a better second line center than Coyle? Yes. But do you want to have all those cap hits on your, on your roster? Do you want to have that down the middle or would you rather kind of pay for, you know, again, I think the smart move uh, when it comes to replacing a guy like Patrice Bergeron, whether that be, you know, I think Bergeron will probably re-up um, after next year. But if it's, if it's, you know, down the road, if you go out and sign, you know, again, next year's free agent class is stacked. And Connor and I have talked about this at length. That free agent class is stacked with centers. So maybe that's where you want to go out. You can set your own price for a center of Sean Monaghan's caliber. Um, and maybe they're better and maybe they're kind of the new number one center, you know, for the future. So again, this team's biggest weakness is center, but I don't know if Dvorak and Monaghan kind of fix it right now. Um, and Dvorak is a little more unproven. Uh, so again, any cost less, but I still think, again, I don't know if that's what you want. Like, I think you want to go out and, and pick free agency. I mean, it comes down to drafting better. Like, and we've, and again, we've talked about this a bunch. Um, they need to draft better at center. Like they absolutely have to. That's how you, that's how most teams 
get centers. That's how they build teams and build winners and all that stuff. It's typically not through free agency, but the free agent class the next year is pretty good. There's not a lot of other options. And I also don't know what you give up for Monaghan. I don't know what the price is for that. I don't know if you necessarily have it. Um, and with Dvorak, I, I think you could. I think DeBrusque would be involved in that deal. Um, but I don't know if you're upgrading that much over what you have. I think there's other ways you can upgrade. Um, and again, I, I don't think they trade for them. I don't. I think they go into the season with Bergeron as 1C, Coil 2C, and then, you know, they already went out and signed Halla to be 3C, and they have no second as to be 4C. So that's what I would guess. Uh, Marissa and Jemmy asked, Evan, do you like Star Wars? Uh, I do not, actually. I don't. I've never watched it. I've never had a huge interest in watching it. It's not really my thing. Maybe I'd like it if I did. There's so many. I feel like I don't even know where to start. Uh, but Star Wars is not something I'd get into. I'm not, what's funny is with movies, um, I always, I, I've watched some big movies, but there's so many big movies that people will mention. I'm like, yeah, I've never seen it. Never seen it. Like, I, I don't know. It, maybe I have a short attention span or something, but I can never, like, there's so many movies I want to see that I just never get around to seeing. You know, it's weird. It's weird, but Star Wars is one of those I've never seen. It's like Harry Potter as well. I've never seen him. I, you know, aside from like having the teacher read, you know, a Harry Potter book to us in like kindergarten, I have never read a Harry Potter book. So those series sometimes I, I just don't really ever get into. Um, but yeah, so that is Marissa's question. She's doing a great job out covering the Kraken now for the Seattle Times. For, friend of the show. Marissa will always be, always be a friend of the show. Um, Eric Ripperson asked, in light of the recent Carolina-Montreal offer sheet shenanigans, is there a player out there that could actually be tempting for the Bees to do a legit offer sheet on? <laughs> First of all, if you have not been following that, that is absurd what's happening uh, with the Hurricanes and the Canadians. Um, crazy, crazy stuff. Basically, for those who don't know, um, the Hurricanes offer she did just Barry Kokaniemi. Um, it's only like a one-year deal, but uh, I think it's like $6.1 million, which is a lot more than Kokaniemi makes now. Basically, to give the middle finger to the Canadians who offer she did Sebastian Ajo, uh, I think it was a, two years ago now. Um, and they like were super petty about it, like 20, you know, signing bonus, like $20. And it was just the, the, a great social media move by the Hurricanes. Hilarious. Like I thought it was very funny, but it could actually end up kind of screwing them in the long run because I think the Canadians could potentially just be like, you can keep them <laughs> and we don't, we're not paying them that money. So that's a lot of money for a, um, for a fringe second liner, like for a middle, very middle of the road forward. Very Montreal reaction though. Uh, there was a columnist up in Montreal for the Montreal cassette, Jack Todd. Carolina's offer sheet to Kokaniemi was a Bush League move. And then in the, in the subtitle, the Canes behave like a bunch of grade five boys trying to see who can stand farthest from the urinal and not giving a damn who gets splashed in the process. What a baby move. Shut up. And this guy tweets, my column on the franchise that embarrassed the game of hockey. No, this time it was not the Habs, which the Habs have done plenty of embarrassing themselves this summer. And they drafted that jabroni. Um, but I, I like, I don't know. I, you know, congrats to Jack Todd on getting some attention on what he wrote. I, you know, we all want attention on what we do. Um, but what are you talking about? Like Bush League move. Dude, have some fun. <laughs> Enjoy things. Then they compare it to grade five boys trying to see who can stand farthest in the urinal. Jeez. Great. Good one. Um, there are some things there I could say that I won't say. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, that has been the reaction. Of course, Montreal is just pooping their pants over this whole thing. 
Um, and I like how the Hurricanes are playing on it and uh, kind of calling the guy out, which is tremendous. But yeah, I, I think as a social media play, this is hilarious. As a story, it's funny. I do think, though, the Hurricanes could kind of get screwed by this in the sense that they might actually have to, to like Montreal could just say, keep him, keep him. Um, so uh, and that's something that Jay Fresh uh, on Twitter has been saying is like they could just not like Montreal just might be like, yeah, you can have him because there were some trade rumors around Kokaniemi as well. Um, and Carolina's kind of choosing to go this route. Uh, as for a player, the Bruins could offer sheet. I mean, this stuff like never happens. So I don't, I, when I say this, I don't think they're ever, they would ever do this, but like, I think Brady Kachuk is still left unsigned. Anthony Bovillier, those would be fun ideas, but it'll, it'll never happen. Like that will not happen. Um, so no, realistically, there is nobody, um, who the Bruins will offer sheet. I know Connor had actually mentioned last offseason offer sheeting Sergachev, and that wasn't a bad idea. Like that would have actually been a pretty good one. In the sense that you either get Tampa to overpay him a ton, or you actually just get Sergachev and you get a top pairing left shot defenseman. Cause like if you could make a prototypical left shot defenseman in 2021 in a lab, you would get Mikhail Sergachev, in my opinion. Big, smooth skating, fast, offensive, good in his own zone, like just complete. And that was a guy Montreal used to have. Um, so those are the questions. I don't think I missed anybody. I, if I did, let me know. Uh, let me know if you want to, if I, if you guys want me to do these more, um, or for Connor and I to kind of answer your questions on air, like just instead of, and that actually might not be a terrible idea. Um, I don't want to push it too much because right now it's things are kind of dead and I don't want to have to have you guys send in more questions. But if you do, let me know. Uh, maybe we'll do this again. Cause as I said, things are kind of slow right now. Uh, not a lot's happening in the Bruins world. Maybe something will. Um, but anyways, that is today's episode of Bruins Beat. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Evan Marinovsky, uh, since I changed my Twitter handle within the last couple months. And yeah, that is the today's Bruins Beat. So you Bruins Beat listeners have a tremendous rest of your week. <laughs>